Hi, Jimmy here. Welcome to a cheeky bubble episode of Shoulders of Giants. This was only intended to be a quick chat before we recorded one of our prisoner episode debriefs. But Sheppy and I hadn't caught up since before Christmas, and it turned out there was a lot of festive viewing to debrief on and a trip for me to Dubai and the UK. So here is that catch up. We cover everything from the nightmare before Christmas to jingle all the way from the man who would be king to Die Hard 2 and the Muppets and much, much more. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hello. Oh, the voice. How are <laughs> you? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, Sheppy. I'm good. I just saw a headline saying some kid reckons he's the first to beat Tetris. And I don't know why. I was just going to make some quip about being on my phone. And then I thought, yeah, I forgot to click on that article. I Not should look at that later. deep about it, but how do you beat Tetris? <laughs> why don't the blocks keep falling like life? <laughs> The unrelenting blocks, Jimmy. I don't, I don't know. You can beat a Rubik's cube. That's got an ending, but uh, there is no ending in hell. <laughs> but what if that? What if there is? What if there is, ships? What if, like, if you keep going long enough, the final block comes down and it's like shaped like an S or something, just can't go anywhere, and then like, oh, so it cheats. But then that, but then that will kill you if you beat that. So that were Tetris beating you. But if you beat Tetris, <laughs> like a golden block comes down, fills oh. it, it goes boing, 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 jumping jack flash style, E flat, all the way across the screen. And you're like, you've won Tetris. Uh, congratulations. You've, you've become a, like a transcended life. Yeah. But, uh, that, well, good. That's what he click on the link. There's nothing to see because he's become part of the universe. Good for him. <laughs> He is the blocks. The blocks are him. Yeah, I like oh, that. That's some Matrix Neo shit right there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. What we see is like three blocks and one block on top, a little square, like a little cube block coming down, the little L, the reverse L. He, he sees blonde, brunette. Yeah, I respect that. This kid's going places. <laughs> well, he's going up and down, Sheffield. I don't know if he's going that's, for... <laughs> that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> um... <laughs> How is it? How was it? And how are you? <laughs> it is great. No, yeah, should be good. Cause we had a fantastic break. It was freaking wild. Like it really didn't. It was the ultimate in Griswolding it. Like just <laughs> Griswolding it. Like we just went bananas and uh wish we could have squeezed a cheeky polski as well but that's uh, all for this year coming you know, i'm all, all for, for squeezing coming. a cheeky polski <laughs> i often do <laughs> hello <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so we i mean in a nutshell we did dubai on the way and that was a hoot and i sent lots of pickies wow. i was probably my i haven't got many pickies beyond dubai to put us i got bits and bobs but she like went bananas so i think she's going to post those on facebook later yeah. or something but um oh. and um but that was amazing and Can i ask what the difference is between a five-star hotel and a seven-star yeah, hotel fucking hell, about a hundred dollars per coke but yeah <laughs> i think um uh i actually don't know, Sheppy. It's all in the BS, right? I mean, this one had, this one was extraordinary. I mean, I guess without getting into the Mitchell in of it all or whatever the, the real standard is behind a five star, I think what made this one amazing was they had a they had the world's biggest water park attached to it. Right. So we got a free pass to that, like on the second day. And um and that that was basically G paid for that night. Like we only stayed in it one night. Then we went to like the then the riffraff left the establishment, which also was... looked really nice. I was so <laughs> hoping for a Mel <laughs> I was praying for a cockroach from hell. But I got none of that. Uh, I got the most beautiful shot I've ever seen. But it was it was lovely. To get a shot that well. If you uh, if you do Dubai Sheps, like honestly, I recommend it. It's got a little very posh hostel vibe downstairs. And then on the final morning, I finally got round to kind of just going for a swim in the morning. I had a nice, sharp 
like thing, you know, and you could do like lengths in the sea. And when I did that, the final one was really oh, lovely. Man, and that's um, so cool. But um, but just on the water park, holy crap, Sheps! Like, well, funnily enough, having just been to Tivoli, right? Again, like we only we oh. didn't do any rides; we just walked around it and stuff. But um, because I've got Christmas markets and whatnot, so we just did that. Because G's not a big ride person. But then, but if the if the Jimmy and Sheppy circa ninety three, ninety four, whenever it was, went to Tivoli and there were twelve awesome rides, and we didn't get to do all twelve for our ticket, we'd have probably yeah. sulked all the way home, right? Yeah. Now that water park, you just have to go zen with it. There were a hundred and forty slides to do, basically, <laughs> and like I ended up. We we got to nine of them. Do you know what I mean? And then you just you realize, <laughs> okay, okay, this is just there's just no conquering this. There's no taming it. We have to come back and stay for a week if we really want to do this. And um, but it's like the fucking future ships. You get like a, you know, you get a little wristband, but like a really like a cool one, you know, or <laughs> like jelly and like you know blue gel or whatever. And then and it's got a little thing in it. And then you just. You tap after each ride, on and off each ride. Then you get your picks at the end because it's facial fucking recognition mm. and you get all your picks if you want them, you know. Then you um, you pay for everything you want in the water park off this thing because it's attached to your room, which is attached to your credit card, which is frankly terrifying given the prices. Mm. And then, and it's just, and, and, and like the rides were kind of pretty standard, but they had really cool things. Like, you know, you, you'll go up a little travelator in your rubber ring waiting to then come off it and then go and do your stuff, you know? And, and then each time you go down, you know, you, you'll go down a little, I don't know, rapid in your little rubber ring. And then you have a choice of three options, you know, talk about Tetris kid. It blows your mind. You think, well, I've got to go back and do the other two. Then I can do that. And then, you know, absolute madness. And you can walk through that with a special, you know, can basically go scuba diving for beginners and just walk through the whole thing and <laughs> have all these rays around and stuff. Anyway, wow. blah blah blah, bloody Dubai. Not madness. blah blah at all, or even blah. I mean, <laughs> astonishing. We... It's wonderful. By the we... way, I do like how the there was a pause. Like, what separates a five star from a seven star? I don't know. It could be like nice <laughs> carpets. It could be like lovely decor. It might be the large world's largest water slide attached <laughs> to the side. I'm Maybe it's the coffee. <laughs> Maybe it's the coffee. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, Shabby, well, tell me a bit more about your Christmas and all the cooking and the happiness and the. So I send you photos of cookies and mince pies and things. Yeah. So that's amazing. nice. Uh, very happy. Um, so so that was nice. And lots of walks, uh, that which is also nice. Lots of films, which we will get to. And yes, hurrah. Jimmy, so it was very nice. We had enough leftovers on Boxing Day to just have a repeat Christmas dinner. Basically, we just That's had a second so nice. Christmas dinner on Boxing Day, which was great. So yeah, uh, lovely, very nice. And it snowed again. It snowed like in November and early December. Really nice. Got me in the Christmas spirit. Then it all melted around the fifteenth or so. And turned into not even slush, just mud, and all this poo comes out because people don't seem to realize that snow doesn't dissolve dog poo. So, in the summer, people pick up their dog poo in the snow, the white covers all crime, but then it melts and it's just dog poo everywhere. People no. are idiots, so that's a shame. So, How much is a plastic said, bag for God's sake? Well, they've got the plastic bags, it's just they <laughs> because they pick it up usually, anyway. Um. That's a shame. I use my plastic bags like Greg the Egg and put biscuits in it. Um, but with that in mind, I was very happy with all of that. Um, and then it did snow again, not deep, thick, luscious snow, throbbing and lovely, but it was a light dusting and it was enough for Christmas Eve for it to be looking Christmassy. So that was good. Then it was gone again and it was Poo City on the 25th. But what can you do? So, so that was all very nice. So, hurrah! And New Year's was very, very boring, but less boring than last year because we stayed up later. This year, we went to bed at half past ten. So, we were we were kicking it <laughs> this year. Uh, yeah. So that was nice. And we woke up with the fireworks at midnight and sort of like more and 
Sally came and joined us in bed because he's not up for the fireworks, but he wasn't scared. He's just like, keep that bloody racket down. Um, and so we're awake for the fireworks, but then didn't get up to look at them. I was just like, that's nice. Um, so that was that was nice. And yeah, happiness, basically, Jimmy. Happiness, plenty of it. Uh, that's so, so nice, man. Yeah, and that's I've only so just sort of started. So, so there you go. Um, it was nice. And your new year, did you actually cross the time barrier when you were in the air? Like, did you get to... Yeah, we had, we had, funnily enough, G nudged me on the first flight and just went, and it was like midnight in New Zealand or whatever, you know, and like, oh, cute, you know, and that was obviously ahead of us on the, well, on our yeah. travels, it was ahead of us. And um, and uh, so that was nice. And then we, I, we forgot the Aussie one and then we were in the airport. It was fun. It was cute, actually. Although really annoying to us. We uh, had to, we basically, we thought we were winning at life when we were on the way out in Dubai Airport. We found this little Jack Daniels bar, which was, had beers as well and all that, you know, but was basically Jack Daniels themed. And then, and it was, and it had TVs and stuff. So we went there and we did win at life because it was a nice moment anyway. And so we just got there for like half 10 found a little booth, ordered some nice stuff and some beers, and then just watched the screen, if you know what I mean, with the Dubai yeah. fireworks, you know, with the, and then had a little New Year's moment. And then we got on the plane and we sat next to this nice old lady from East London who now lives in Brisbane as well. And she goes, oh, cool, because I, I mean, that bar was very expensive, Sheppy. Um, and I spent well over a hundred Aussie dollars just on that little collection of stuff. Nice. And she goes, Oh, I had a lovely, she goes, we should sit on the same flight for, as us from London to Dubai. She goes, oh, yeah. yeah, someone gave me a tip. One of the lounges cost a hundred dollars and uh, you got all the food you wanted, loads of champagne, free booze and a view of the Burj Khalifa <laughs> rather than the telly of the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, it was just like in the cam, in the camera moves would be you and G in this thing, and it would just be like a horizontal dolly <laughs> over, and it's just like on the other side of this partition. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> so outrageous. And she's doing a chevy, like dropping volavons and sausages on the floor, or spilling her champagne. It doesn't matter. Like, top her up, you know. Amazing, amazing. And uh, wow. but I will wow. say, on the Burj Khalifa fireworks, like. It was madness, like, blah, 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 you know. And then the last, second to last thing was just this, like, boom, like that. And it, the whole thing just exploded white into the telly and, like, stayed like that. But, like, the air, the white, like, oh. for about 10 seconds. And I just oh. went to G, is the project still there? <laughs> did, it just, no, did it just blow up? Blow up? Is, like, oh, is, this, is this the Armageddon that we've all been waiting for? absolutely insane too much it's so much money in that bloody place it's, it's ridiculous right, but, um... right that's great man oh i love it um and so that's great so no volivons for you any no. feet in your face on the plane? no very much a non-feet uh, experience which is happy yeah yes. yeah oh well that's nice as well <laughs> um hurrah well can I give you the rundown of the films that I watched or we watched over Christmas? Absolutely, Sheppy. That would be amazing. I really want to. We'll, we'll pause as we go and chin waggle and I'll exchange mine. Well, I mean, we don't, I mean I'll just go through it really quickly. I, I made a note at the time and I know I forgot. I sort of gave up at some point. But, I, but it, it all started with The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I thought was like a nice thing to do. And this was probably around the 10th of December. Um, and it was snow. But it was like, it's kind of a Halloween film and a Christmas film. So it was sort of like a nice one to start with. Um, so Nightmare Before Christmas, The Guardian's Christmas special again, because we did it last year. And I mentioned in a previous pod, actually, that we sort of did this parallel thing where we watched the new Mike Flanagan. Like last year, we watched the remake of Downhill or, well, with the, the Will Fowler we don't get to um, and all that. We did lots of parallels. And so I thought it'd be nice to watch Guardians special since because since the last time we watched it last year, Guardians 3 has come out. So it's sort of like nice to see, you know, now that that you know, story is over. Um, and I love that special so much. And we have nice good old bacon as well. Good old bacon. Um, so yes, saw trading places um as our next one after that just to go hard go in now no messing around we went with a stone cold 
hard hitter. Um, so Merry New Year and all of that. Um, Jingle All The Way came very shortly after, which over in the last three years has become a, a necessity. It's become the, it's our, it's a wonderful life. Uh, it, it, it couldn't do a year now. I didn't see Jingle All The Way when it came out. It came out, I think, in 96, and I didn't see it until about 2008 for the first time. Um, I never wanted to see it. It's like Junior. I never cared to see it. But then I saw it just to see it, because I think Chris Face owned it when we were living in Guildford, so I borrowed it off him, watched it, suitably intoxicated, but it is shit. But then I watched it with Marta like three or four years ago at Christmas because we'd seen almost every Arnie. And we're like, well, we might as well watch this. And it's, it is bad, but it's Arnie fucking going for it. Bless him. And it's good enough, and it has good bits, and it's got Phil Hartman, and yeah, indeed, um, intoxication is certainly a go-to. But it was wonderful, so we we can. I've never seen that. it, Sheppy. Never well, seen it. I'm I not have going to, to this recommend next year. It to you. <laughs> I mean, it's not good, Jimmy. But oh god, he does the crane kick. He does a Mr. Miyagi impression. Oh my god. Anyway, it's amazing, uh, and it's rubbish. We um we didn't do. I was thinking maybe we do the classic um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street again. We didn't do it last year because we saw the remake. I think last year. So I want to do like a real classic. This is going to get me in trouble. I'm not a huge. It's a Wonderful Life fan. I do it like occasionally to like better. It, it didn't. So, but I did want to do a, a classic. Um, and so I thought maybe Miracle. But then uh, there's a film Christmas in Connecticut. And I was like, wait a minute, didn't Arnie direct a TV movie in the early 90s called Christmas in Connecticut? It must be a coincidence. This film is from like 1945, six, seven, late, maybe 47. It was post-war, but it was definitely 40s. And everyone was like really happy it was post-war. So the film was a massive success. But it was one of those films, actually. So we watched Christmas in Connecticut, and it turns out that the Arnie is a remake with Tony Curtis, and the next year, he, or maybe two years later, he was with Jamie Lee. So it all comes together. And I've never seen this. It was a TV movie remake, which Arnie directed, I guess, just to dip his toe in the water, but it's never been mentioned since I saw him interviewed in 1992 on Oprah. So anyway, we saw the original Christmas Connecticut. It's good. It's good. Um, doesn't need. It's like uh, the cinematic version of Stay Another Day, the E17 song. Because that's something I listen to every Christmas. But really, it's only a Christmas song because it has the bells at the end. But Christmas in Connecticut and Stay Another Day for life, yo. So, <laughs> and it's the same with Christmas in Connecticut. And it, it's like a comedy of misunderstandings and so forth. With a, uh, And it's it's good, but it's it's really tangential. It doesn't need to be said at Christmas at all. Um, but anyway got a Christmas tree in the background. It counts, of course. Um, and so that was not lovely. Um, then we watched Scrooged, because again, oh. like, why fuck around? <laughs> uh, so that's nice. And then I also wanted to pepper in like kind of Christmassy films that aren't Christmas films in any way, shape or form, other than they would be shown on ITV on like the 19th or 20th, you know, uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon it was a Christmas holidays and it was on because it was Christmas and so you would end up watching yeah like Moonraker Superman 2 for example but this one sort of like last year or maybe it was two years ago actually we did loads of Ray Harryhausen we did Jason and the Argonauts and oh, nice. uh, one of the Sinbad Seven Voyages I think um, because again it's that sort of thing that BBC One would show you know, um, and so this year we did some Alistair MacLean. Well, we did one Alistair MacLean, but a random one. We watched Fear is the Key, which I had watched when I was a kid, when my dad taped it, but he missed the first 10 minutes because he was watching it. And then it turned into like a really exciting car chase. And he was like, oh, I think it was mum and dad. And they were like, we better take this for the kids, or Stuart and Ben at least, because this is good. And so I saw it when I was like eight or something. And then I saw it at some point in the 90s, like early 90s, it was on and I watched it in its entirety, but I hadn't seen it since. So we watched Fear is the Key. Uh, it's good. The first half is really good. The second half is not in the same league. 
um, which is a funny joke actually because it, they do go underwater. But <laughs> the first half is fucking strong, and I'll tell you, you could make a TV show or at least like a ten-parter. Maybe that's too much. Maybe an eight-parter. Maybe a six-parter. But have the first half being the pilot, and then you can take it in lots of like stretch it out, do lots of things. Maybe a ten-parter, whatever. But yeah, the first there's a twist halfway through which changes everything as twists often do and it's so good um and it doesn't live up to it after that um but you could yeah if that was the first episode of a tv show and it ended on the on the twist that would be fucking amazing so fear is the key for like <laughs> incidentally in the 90s i read a lot of alison mclean and i did read fear is the key and at certain point i was like oh wait a minute i know what this is this is that film i saw when i was eight which mum and dad take so I had that sort of, but again, I hadn't, I read that in the 90s at some point, so it wasn't as fresh. So good old fear is the key, Ben Kingsley in it, with Come a bit on. of hair, a little bit of hair. <laughs> um, so that's nice. Die Hard 2, uh, because again, you got to stick with the, you know, go. we didn't do Die Hard, which I want to talk to you about, but we didn't do Die Hard this year, and I don't think we did it last year, I'm not sure, but this year it just, it didn't feel like, I didn't want to crowbar in Die Hard for the sake of it. Don't want to get sick of it, but Die Hard 2, yeah, so that was great, really. Nice. And it wasn't planned, it was never on my mind. And I was just giving you know, Marta, like, you know, a, a smorgasbord of selection, as is often the way. And we sort of narrow it down and, you know, choose something amicable and happy. And I mean, I say amicable, it's always great. Marta's brilliant. But we were like, I don't know, I wasn't even, I think it was because it was Christmas Eve and it was just starting to snow again. And I just saw the snow out of the window and it was night and it just was like Die Hard 2 as well. And it was like after a list of about six hard hitting contenders. And Marta surprised me, I have to say, because she was like, yeah, oh, that even, yes, let's do Die Hard 2. That's great. I was like, brilliant. So it was a real last second decision. And that was wonderful. Uh, we did Burners in the Genie. Which um, we did, I think, last year, but then I hadn't done it since, you know, the 90s before that. And that's a special thing, of course, for us. Good shot, Robin. Um, so that's nice. And now it's on YouTube, which is helpful. Um, oh, and then, of course, we did the Garfield Christmas special, which is truly, as you know, it's a wonderful life for us. But I mean, again, I, have, I don't think I've missed a Christmas. Well, I haven't seen Garfield Christmas special since I got the DVD from Smith's in like 2003, four maybe. Uh, and then of course in the 90s we saw it, so that's great. Uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas, which in the last 10 or 11 years has become a staple and I bloody love and a sort of brainwashed Martha and she fucking loves it. We're always <laughs> quoting it all, all year. And so watching it is so special. Yeah, do something right for a change, Charlie Brown. Brilliant. Um, and uh, of course the uh, the Grinch, which is you know meaning of course the original cartoon. So the Garfield and Charlie Brother Peanuts and the Grinch are each twenty minutes. So with tiny wee wee breaks and you know Bailey's top ups, it's like an hour ten, hour fifteen, uh, and it's wonderful if you choose to do it as a trilogy. Uh, Christmas Day, we did Muppet Christmas Carol. Boxing Day, um, yeah, well, you know, what what else, you know, what, what are you talking about here? But um, Boxing Day, to continue, not an Alistair McLean, but continuing that sort of strain, we did Funeral, Funeral in Berlin, which is the second Michael Caine, Harry Palmer film, which isn't okay. very good, or at least it's not uh, nearly as good as The Ipcris File, which I've seen many, many times. Johnny West's in it, but I had seen Funeral in Berlin in the 90s and i remembered it being yeah it's directed by guy hamilton it's good it's just nowhere near as good as the it was far but saw that for boxing day which you know again weeks of boxing day so that was nice um oh and also again unplanned but and marta just suggested again it's not really a christmas film but shall we just do the muppets meaning am i a man or am i a muppet <laughs> which is the third time i've seen that jason Segel film the first being with you in Hackney at the cinema, and the second being Lucky Wheels, maybe two years at the most ago. And then... Does it hold up? So... Do you like yeah. it? Yeah, nice. I, I, I like it. I like it probably more now than I ever did. Um, because my, my problem, I've said this before, I said this, I'm sure, on our Muppet podcast, um, but 
it, the, the problem I have is it with it is even though it shouldn't actually be the case because spoiler they're, they're made of, they're not made of flesh and bone these these Muppets but they're just not the Muppets that I grew up with they, they're people doing impressions mm. uh you know it's like watching um new Monty Pythons you've got really talented people doing really good impressions of Cleese and Payton in their pomp but it's not them of course it's, it's obviously not them um like that um but it's so pure and lovely and such a big heart and the essence is there and the songs of course and and the direction and having seen flight of the concord since the first time i watched the film with you and also um um flight of the concords yeah well basically in general and also yeah james bobbin as well being the director of flight of the concords which i didn't realize and of course the songs so yes very nice, yes. And also, having seen Shrinking this year, I guess it was, um, yeah. it was nice seeing Seagull in that, you know, from, from that perspective. And good old Adams. So, yes, yes. Um, that was lovely, basically, and I enjoyed all of it. So that's my, and I think I've missed a few, but that's my Christmas film lineup in a nutshell. That's bloody wonderful, Sheppy. What a lineup. Can I confess Thank something? You. Never seen... A Charlie Brown Christmas, perhaps less mm. less um, uh, controversially. Never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. I've got mm. to get to that man. I hear it's fantastic. It's, people love it. Um, I will say, I like it. Um, but don't you know? I mean, I think I didn't see it for the longest time, and I saw it maybe ten years ago, and I've seen it maybe twice since, including a couple of weeks ago. And it's great, no doubt. Um, but you know, don't go into it. You know, that's the problem when a film rightfully receives a reputation, but you go with that in your mind and it's yeah, you're expecting up, you something know, so. too big. Yeah, exactly. But it's very and, good and I like it. And just quickly on Scrooge, any uh, observations? Well, it was lovely seeing the mum from the Monster Squad. Um, so that's great. <laughs> Ex Zemeckis. Um, Ex Zemeckis sounds like an Alex Garland film. So that's nice. Um, I mean, yes, I, you know what, there was an actual, there was an observation that I made about Scrooge, this viewing, and let's face it, I've seen this film many times, and there was something I think I noticed for the first time, or else I noticed it before and I've forgotten, but now I've forgotten it again, um, so there you go, so not massively helpful, <laughs> but I didn't write it down, but there was something, it was probably like a little a bon bon, little comment, like, oh, but it was, it was great seeing it, nice seeing Alfie Woodward getting elbowed in the head um which which is great um it it's great I, yeah no it's very good i like it maybe it will come to me but yes good old scrooged on christmas morning so get up eat a tangerine open a little present be happy nice christmas morning hooray hooray had some sneaky toast but not too much didn't want to fill up plus we're still full up from the night before with the fish took the doggy, big old walk, both of us, massive walk, very nice, very Christmassy, got home, and then, I don't want to say, I don't want to turn creepy, but I hope you understand what I mean when I say Marta did a mummy and started doing things in the kitchen and there was nothing for me to do and I had yeah, helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, so I just turned on the TV and I wanted it to be like it was BBC One and I was like, you know, just, there was something random on Christmas morning which I wouldn't necessarily go, oh, I'm going to watch this, but because it was on and 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 so I went to Netflix. I was flicking around, and um, I saw the Tim Burton Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And for whatever reason, it rang a bell. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah, it's so random. Yeah, I'm just going to put that on. Probably won't watch the whole film, but just as if it's BBC One and just like so. So I did it. I was considering doing something like the Jim Carrey Grinch or something, which I could just have on whilst. You know, and still like help with the sprouts and stuff and just sort of half ignore it occasionally and that but i ended up with charlie and the chocolate factory and then it wasn't even i don't know if it was even like a few days later it just came to me like a revelation that the last time i was in cornwall for christmas charlie and the Ch chocolate factory was on bbc one at like 10 o'clock in the morning and i did watch the first hour and i stopped and exactly well i don't remember exactly but it was I remember it being basically we I stopped at about the same time because that was the <laughs> you know, it was like an hour of just nothing much to do. Um so so that was nice. So we watched so I watched um that and you know Marta sort of popped in occasionally and just sort of looked at it. So so that was nice. 
and uh, I, so I enjoyed that. And also one final thing on New Year's Eve, we watched Twins, um, which is again, I mean, I've got so much, because the, that era of Arnie is over. And again, indeed the nineties era of Arnie is over. So I'm so much more tolerant now with Jingle All The Way as I ever would be. If I had seen that in the 90s, I would have fucking hated it, and rightfully so. But in Twins, I was never that... I was always a kindergarten cop man myself. But I, I watched it um, a couple of... maybe four years or five years ago now when Marsha and I were just having bathing in Arnie, um, and I enjoyed it then. And also we really have got into our DeVito in the last few years because we've done 17 seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So it's lovely seeing that. And we saw Throw Mama from a Train uh, like a while ago, and it was like lovely. So it was nice doing all of that. Saw Twins, great. And then on New Year's Day, it just, I, I, I suddenly had the most overpowering urge to watch Ruthless People. Um, and maybe I watched it on New Year's Day in 1992. And my subconscious bubbled it to the top. I don't know. I'll probably never remember. But I felt as much as I felt about Willy Wonka, if not more, I've got to watch Ruthless People. And there it was. And we watched it. Um, and it was, again, I said to Marta, I saw this film a bunch, like in the late 80s, early 90s. I taped it off BBC One. I watched it a lot. I don't know if it's very good. And I also don't know if it was appropriate. I suspect it wasn't appropriate for like a nine-year-old Sheppy. Um, we watched it and it, I can absolutely see why I loved it when I was like nine or ten. And it's not that it is a little bit naughty occasionally, but no more than say trading places, and there aren't any boobies. Um and and you know what? It is good. I liked it. I really liked it. Uh Judge, Slater, uh Middler, for fuck's sake. Um, Amazing. And also the creepy guy from Miller's Crossing and Alien Resurrection and lots of other things. He always plays a creepy psycho. Uh, he was in it as a creepy psycho. So, and he had a bit of hair. Well, the Ben Kingsley wannabe. So, all of that was uh, was delicious. It's so one of the best plots. That. that is, it's such a good plot, Ruthless People. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, it it's is. So fun. It really is. And it's the basic plot is very solid. But then it gets all these sort of little contrivances and back alleys and little misunderstandings and really clever things. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great, and it ties up everything in nice little ways all the things that it sort of sets off and the misunderstandings everything gets tied together Pullman um so yes yeah <laughs> I think it was Bill Pullman's first film so oh, wow. um it's I love it so I, I would recommend um Ruthless People because um it I would say it holds up very well uh, nice, so, yeah. so I would definitely revisit. I was always shocked it was an eighteen. I remember it was like is recorded it, an it as this, yeah, when it was a BBC job, and then I guess they, you know, tweaked, edited, dubbed the swearing or whatever. No, I can't then... believe it was an eighteen. There's no swearing. <laughs> I saw the uncut version. They might say fuck a few times, but that might be that... it. That might have been all it took. <laughs> but I always I remember see... it being an eighteen. It's mad. Trading I places, agree. It's mad. Well, maybe it was. I'm not saying you're a liar, Jimmy, but I am saying that Trading Places has as many fucks, if not more. And that was a 15, and you see boobies more yeah. than just Jamie Lee's. So that's really unfair on Ruthless People if it is an 18, because it's not. It's if you didn't have as many fucks, and it's not, it's like maybe, I don't know, let's say seven fucks in it. And so if you only had one of those and got rid of, you know, then it, it could easily be a 12. Easily. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> that's bullshit. Uh, I heard recently, by the way, Return of the Jedi um, is now, I think, a PG. It's always oh, been a U. And I believe, yeah, they, they've shifted it to the PG. Maybe they've shifted it to an 18. I assume they've shifted it to a PG. Maybe it's a fucking 18. I don't know. So, anyway, so there you go. Uh, Terminator, of course, used to be an 18 for the longest time, and then they rightfully dropped it down to a 15 because it's no way 18 material. So anyway, there you go. There you go, Jimmy. Nice. Uh, what what a gall gallery of awesomeness. Awesomeness. What about you? You saw Die Hard at the cinema, which I have I never did, been able to do. Yeah, that was a treat. That was a treat. I was meant to do it with my little brother because I hadn't 
he'd never seen it. He's 10 years younger than me. And that was a big failing of my part as an older brother. And so we had it all set, all booked, all ready to go. And then he got COVID. So he couldn't come, which was very sad. So, uh, but we ended up still going anyway. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so that's, it was fun. That's not and... bad. That's not like, <laughs> you know, buying <laughs> him um, I will say, though, it's interesting that I I wanted to do a you and because you're very good, you little vampire, you and like living vicariously mm. through people watching stuff for the first time. So I was really excited about that element of watching Die Hard through his eyes. And um, but but I, obviously that was then not going to be part of the experience. And I'll be honest, in watching it in the Prince Charles in London, it wouldn't have been a very good first experience of Die Hard mm. anyway, because it was actually more interactive than I thought it was going to be. Mm. People were finding the comedy in so many places that I'd never really seen the comedy before and silly little lines mm. and bits and bobs. And, a, you know, one of the, <laughs> I think I sent you a few texts tonight, but like, you know, one of the <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the the SWAT guys or whatever. Yeah, like, did, did, you, did you know that before? Had you seen that before yeah. yourself? Well, yeah. look, if you listen or if anyone cares to listen to the Die Hard podcast that we did, I, I talk about that scene yeah. because, um, yes, that's, I mean, frankly, Jimmy, it's not like eagle-eyed viewers, if you pay really close attention, <laughs> might spot this extreme Easter egg. It's like, a, it's just a shot. It's just something that happens. But I'll say this, um, I, I, one of the first times I ever saw Die Hard, not the first time, because I think that was with you, but um, I was watching with my brother Stuart and his friend Ed, and that bit where the SWAT guy pricks himself on like a bush and says, damn, or shit or something. Damn, probably. Um, and I remember my brother's friend Ed saying, what a pussy. And I just <laughs> remember and, 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 you know, acknowledging as well, like, yes, that's great. You've got McLean up there with you know, ripped to shreds and uh, his feet fucked and all that. And, and you've got this guy. And Die Hard is such a good film with like, you've got cool people on both sides of the law and cunts on both sides of the law. Uh, yeah. which is great as well. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I love Die Hard. Um, so that's great that you, you got to see that on the big oh, screen. And the, 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 the big moment was was the bit in the vent with the, the lighter, and, you know, come to California, have a few laughs, or come to the coast and have a few laughs. So, uh, Stay corrected. But, yeah, amazing. As soon as that lighter went on and we saw Brucey's face on the big screen, <laughs> and there was some lady in the background just went, there it is, and everyone's dressed <laughs> up. It was very cute. And that was a lovely oh, moment. What a complete Costanza. You know, <laughs> yeah. she goes every year and shouts it out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that was a treat. And uh, it was all just wonderful, Sheps. And Ellis, I had more, a bit more sympathy for Ellis on this viewing. I thought he was hilarious and amazing. And everyone was laughing at every single one of Ellis's lies, which was wonderful. <laughs> and, uh, and then he... He really, he thinks he's the hero of his own movie. I think I yeah. said that to you too, didn't I? But like, you know, yeah. he really does. He's He's got a plan and he's relying on his sales wits to pull it across the line. And that really made me very happy. And uh, yeah, just wonderful, Sheps. Every, everything you'd hoped it would be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Do you think um, he likes thousand-year-old Brie because he is so cheesy? <laughs> <laughs> so that's great, Jimmy. Um, lovely. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. On the plane, you saw some humdingers. Oh, well. Sheps, I did. I've got a list for you that I will rattle through, and then I actually want to discuss two TV programs at the end very briefly. If you'll indulge me, um... oh, please. <laughs> okay after my 20 minute rant about oh. films which i watched over christmas in sequential order <laughs> yes i'll indulge you Jimmy. <laughs> i love that sheppy so maybe i'm feeling christmasy off it now there's not much that's christmasy here but i really want to know whether you've seen some of these and views and thoughts and everything so i'm going to do this in the order i watched them i think pretty much so on on the first plane, it was, uh, or the first trip, it was four picks. And on the second, it was four picks as well. Um, nice. I did one more Shirley MacLaine. Any oh, regular yes. listeners will know I'm on a bit of a Shirley MacLaine season. Oh, you um, love your MacLaines. <laughs> oh, hello. There's your link. Um, well, I'll do that now, even though it's out of order. But have you seen Terms of Endearment, Sheppy, with MacLaine no, and Nicholson? Yeah, that's the one we've had in the, not, we've had in the magazine for a number of years but it's never quite been the mummiest of moments enough to watch it. Um, it's a Sunday afternoon recap. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, Nicholson won the Oscar. And, and yeah, it's a kind of Brooks. But, no, I've never seen it, Jimmy. 
Uh, was this your first time? It was my first view, and it was a treat, Sheps. It was mm. a treat. McLean's great, as you expect. Winger, great. Without wanting to ruin a little mini cast. There's two casting surprises, so I'll hold one back. In terms of, like, you might know already, but, you know, but just one person I didn't know was in it was in it. You know, it was a very prominent character, which is bloody Jeff Daniels, for God's sake. Oh, aged approximately nice. 20. Um, who <laughs> plays Winger's uh, fella. And he's great at it. And it's real oh. treat to see him so young and like just yeah. mashing it. So that was really nice. And um and <laughs> there's a couple of moments where yes, there's I won't tell you what the obvious weepy is, but yes, it's weepy. But there's one moment, lacrimosity syndrome in the air or not, that actually mm. got me, which was a surprise moment, which wasn't the bit that probably most people get got on, yeah. which I didn't really get got on. But there was a little moment which was full of charisma and wonder and the joy of movie stars doing their movie star thing which really made me very happy indeed so oh, good old nicholson for that moment anyway is all i'll nicholson. say so um i'm sure people know this i don't know um burt reynolds was offered that role ooh. and um he didn't he turned it down to do the blake edwards film the man who loved women uh which was a big flop and of course nicholson won the oscar uh for, for oh. it. So, so there you go Fair play. I mean, Burt could have done it for sure. It, it, if you could see why it might have even been written for a Burt Reynolds, to be honest, his mm. part. So, um, yeah, that's a treat, Sheps. In fact, I'm going to be a bit of a gusher because everything's a bit of a reco here. Nothing really disappointed. Um, Whilst so we're on nice. the McLean for a second, um, forgive me if I've asked you this before, but have you seen Gambit? No. Well, no. then you should. <laughs> if it's McLean, which is rocking your boat... And since I'm into my 60s cane at the moment, uh, yes, that's not the remake with um, Colin Firth. Um, that's the 60s uh, with, yeah, with Herbert Lom and McLeano and the cane machine. And um, McLeano was in, insisted that Kane was cast um, wow. in this. And I think he had done Alfie, but he wasn't mega mega uh, and he wasn't proven in um, the States. But McLean insisted and it launched him in the States. Amazing. That's so cool. Good old McLean for doing that for him and good old everything. I'm going to get yeah. that, Sheps. Wonderful. And yeah, man, nice. You know, I came very close to watching Guarding Tess. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, <laughs> I but I know the cover with yeah. Page with his great big sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't watch it at the end, but that's on the list too. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, I just Brilliant. thought that sounded a bit of a treat, maybe, you know, yeah. um, to get the two of them. <laughs> um, I love it. Okay. I watched um, Living Sheppy with Bill Nye. Have you heard of this one? Oh, no. Oh, it's really good. It's a remake and it's, um, oh, I'm not going to get the guy's name right, but you know the gentleman who wrote uh, Never Let Me Go? Uh, I yes. can't remember that. Yeah, but that that character, he um, right. has repurposed it um, and rewritten and a story that's already been made. And it's basically, um, now he gets given is a it term. the director of Never Let Me Go oh, or the original it? author? Azu Ishiguru is who I was thinking of as well. I don't know if you um, know that guy. Anyway, he wrote the script. Yeah, thing, he did so. Terms of it. Uh, terms of it, he did um, Remains of the Day. Oh, nice. Yeah, bloody. I mean, what, what a ledge. And this is a great, great, great... Um, Great movie, Sheppy. Like, no, he's amazing in it. Really amazing. And, like, it's really, it's really something special. And I'll say it's like a six out of five, makes some really interesting decisions. And then the last two minutes for me almost undermined the whole thing with a bit too much oh. cheese, where I've been so disciplined up until that point. But, Fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. I, don't I want to say for the record, I might be totally wrong about all those name drops about books. I, I'm just suddenly doubting myself over all of it. But <laughs> that sounds great. Um, yeah, so... it's really lovely. It's a real treat, man. I, I thoroughly recommend that. Going back old school, we did. Uh, I did The Man Who Would Be King with Bloody Kane yeah. and Bloody Connery. What a treat to watch for the first time. And like, Plummer. And Plummer. Loving it. Amazing. Um, what great. a movie that was. To see Kane doing shenanigans on a train in the first few minutes and, in, and invoking <laughs> some early 30-year-old scoundrel style, style scrapes <laughs> is lovely. Um, and his energy through it is just wonderful, Kane. And, you know, 
Connery is a fantastic Connery performance, isn't it? Like his ego going rampant and like, man, what a treat. Just what a bloody treat. I, I really loved that. It was wicked. I, I'm going to rewatch that again one day. I really thought it was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've only seen it the once and that was probably 10 years, maybe more. So, yeah, good stuff. I remember <laughs> on a bridge, on the rope bridge at the end. Oh, yeah, Temple of Doom style. There you go. So, That's yeah. a legit stunt, by the way, I read afterwards. That's so cool, isn't it? And yeah. apparently Connery was really like, uh, <laughs> he was like, he, he really didn't want to go on the bridge. He was really nervous <laughs> about it. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. It's not that Connery, you know, he, I can just see him like not be up for doing dangerous things. And fair <laughs> enough. The final one was Asteroid City, um, new Wes right. Anderson one. Have you seen that one yet? Or... No, I'm really behind on my Andersons. I haven't seen the last few. I did see Henry Sugar at that. Oh yeah, you said that. I've really got to watch that. Yeah, that that would. It's be, like that. forty or fifty minutes long, and it's got Ben Kingsley in it, Come and on. um, it's good. It's good. I, I would still like there to be like a good, solid, meaty kind of two-parter, two-hour version of. Henry Sugar even like fleshed out more and just done really meaty and chunky with little going off on ones in like the mafia, like it, which is mentioned, I think, in like two lines in the book, which I haven't read for like a while. But, um, you know, he's in the he's gambling and he's winning and he's cheating and he's using his powers and the mafia in the Las Vegas, you know, casino are sort of out to get him. He has to escape out the back. And again, it's a really throwaway, maybe like a small paragraph in the short story. And I always thought that could be like a really good, like 15 minutes or 20 minute section. Um, and so the Wes Anderson is the opposite of what I want because it's not meaty in that it's beyond slipstream. It's like, how? But in yeah. a good way. And I like it and I really recommend it. But that is all to say, before that, I believe it was the Grand Budapest Hotel was the last one I saw. So, yeah, I'm, I'm behind. Well, we attempted French Dispatch and paused it because it was a bit rubbish. I, I was finding it way too, like, artsy. I, I couldn't deal with it, really, and I will go back to it because I'm an Anderson completist. I don't like to leave things like that, but we did pause yeah. that one. But this is a massive return to form, ships. I felt, and it's, it's a shame to say it, it probably might not be. It's one of those that could be a disappointment if I overhype it, but I really, okay. really vibed with it and felt it had 10 pounds energy and it was wicked and well, everyone was wonderful. And Hank, you know, when you see like a picture of something and I'd seen the sort of still of Tom Hanks in some remote town looking like it was going to be some, you know, ready for an alien invasion or whatever it is, you know, just the tease of it. And then you watch the movie and Hanks is just not the character you assume he was going to I be. I don't just know anything. I didn't even know Hanks was in it. Let's oh, the, oh wow okay yeah this, i don't know some... anything about this film. okay I'll stop okay there. that's good but, to know though. but i just wanted to say that it's just one of the things that appeals to me about movies is you see you see a still before you even yeah. go in and you think you've got it licked or at least right. you've got a vibe of what it's going to look and feel like and be and then yes they're just not even the character you assume they were from the right, still right, whatever. Yeah. it's just a totally oh okay um and i'm not saying he's a villain or anything it's not like that at all but it's more just oh Okay, that's just not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm really happy. And I know I'm in safe hands and good old life. And that, and that was really good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Has that got Brian Cranston in it, actually? It does, Sheppy. It does. Yeah. So I guess yeah. I know a few things. I, I mentioned that because we've, we're about halfway through the season seven, final season of Malcolm in the Middle, which we've been watching for, I guess, a couple of years. So um, I'm pure all about Cranston at the moment. So, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Malcolm's a great off. thing, and it? it's such a treat that show. I've, I'm only yeah. still in the second season of that, which he well, you well, you you're, you're in the peak um, because it goes downhill after the second season because it obviously gets a new showrunner. But they, so there you go, still good, but um, that those two seasons are amazing. I didn't know you were watching it. That's wonderful news. Yeah, so, just yeah. a little occasional little dip. It's nice, it's cute. So chips on the return. Then we had uh, four more. Cocaine Bear, which was uh, a hoot, <laughs> a hoot, a real hoot. I thought the first half was almost, the first two thirds were almost like five star. And then like the end was fine. 
was fine but like it really had it was going in different directions and i think she's a really interesting director she chooses really cool angles and whatnot elizabeth banks the moss. She's, yeah banks. she's really cool and uh yeah she I, I, I thought it was a real hoot have you seen cocaine yet or not or if you listen to the podcast i think i love your I'm encyclopedic gonna... memory of the pod man it's amazing sorry i should remember okay. <laughs> Uh, at some point, in fact, twice, because we edited out of one and I said it again in another so that it could be for the record. Um, yes, I did a double bill of Cocaine Bear and The Edge. Oh, that's right. Of course you did. Of course you bloody did. I remember now. Amazing. Amazing. So so tell me what your thoughts were. Do you like it? The Coke yes, stuff? Yes, I, yeah. I liked it very much. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, it, it was good fun. We saw it on a Friday night and it was very nice. That ambience sequence is something else, yeah. isn't it? That's it's just something else. I didn't yeah. expect them to go so hard. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like really, it's like Ash versus the Evil Dead style death, like really extreme and horrible uh, and <laughs> wonderful. So yes, good old thanks. It could have done with like ending like that too, with some crazy, some chaos. It just if if it just had some kind of chaotic ending, it would have been wicked as well. Like just to end on some a bit more energy you know when you leave the cabin in the woods you're like boom right. wicked wow out yeah. into the foyer you know <laughs> didn't quite have that you know which it could have done um yeah. then uh phantom thread ships which uh we've had a little discussion about online and with but i just god i, I love that film yeah. i've seen it twice i saw it at the cinema and i saw it maybe a year or two ago we did a daniel day lewis season and so we re-watched it then um yeah yeah i want to watch that again I, I bloody boogie nights and there will be blood I don't think will ever be topped but phantom thread comes bloody close it's amazing isn't it he's just, I really hope he unretires again because I'll what a this. monster he is in, it's yeah. so fascinating in that and I think I wrote this to you it's one of those films where again there isn't a twist as such but at the end of the film you realize that You'd be perhaps it's a Tom Hanks wannabe. You've been watching something, but you you've been watching something else that you weren't aware that you were watching. And when the film ends, you're like, oh, okay, everything is not exactly as I thought. And also going in sort of little red herrings, but so subtle where you think it might go in a certain direction and it doesn't go totally left field. Um, yes, and I'm sorry, I kind of did. Yes, and of course, Daniel Day Lewis is is wicked. Woodcock, brilliant. Oh, uh, brilliant. I'm already excited about my second on that. It was just wonderful. Mm. Uh, mm. Cool hand Luke ships. Brilliant. You, Love it. I mean, Look at you go. Wow. You've got to get the classics done on these planes, I think. When they're there and they yeah. do, like, you know, must have seen or all timers, yeah. you know, and I'm like, yeah, come on, man, bring it. I've got, I've got nothing else to do. Let's do it. And my God, you're so rewarded when you do some of these. Like, that, what a bloody movie that is. What a movie yeah. star movie that is. What an end yeah. that is. I just, I don't think I've had a shiver like that in years. It's like, woohoo! Like, yeah, so Not since really... the Space Cowboys trailer. I understand. <laughs> it was so good. The eggs, everything. Just yeah. wow. And you, there's so yeah. many things that like are in it that oh, you don't yeah. realize are elsewhere. Like, you know, that what we have here is a failure to communicate. I didn't even know it came from that movie. Right. What amazing. Right. You know. Yes. Um, um, I wanted to mention that. So when I was at Smith's, I wrote to you like, "Oh, I, when we talk, I want to." So this is what yeah, I. Yeah. Oh, about. good. Thank you for only because me I couldn't be bothered. It wasn't even for the pod, but I, I, I just couldn't be bothered to type it at all because it was. I just watched Twins and I was zonked. But um, when I was working at Smith's, we'd often often have to do ridiculous things like, "Okay, it's quiet," and I keep seeing you reading that preacher comic behind the cashier. So go and just swap the cookery section with the autobiography true crime section so you would do these pointless tasks and sometimes it, you know you, maybe they you know just like oh let's just do this for the sake of it not necessarily to give the staff work to just do it and it was and i got over this minus sort of, all it does is annoy the customers like why did you change it and, you know and it's just work for work's sake and it's so stupid and pointless but I always just thought, well, firstly, I'm here, 
eight till five, no matter what. So fuck, yeah, what do I care? Um, that future comic I'll read later. So that's fine. Um, but the other thing I always acquainted it to was digging a hole, filling it up, digging a hole, filling it up. Yeah. And Cool Hand Lou got me through that. And so I was like, well, obviously I'm Paul Newman and my boss is obviously, <laughs> well, I'm going to say Kennedy and I'll grapple with her in the mud. Um, so <laughs> You get hit in the face by Kennedy. <laughs> no coming back from that, Jesus. <laughs> So, um, yes, yeah. So anyway, that's what I wanted to mention. It, um, cool Hand Luke got me through some mindless monotony often. Yeah, so that's amazing. Nice. <laughs> You're not going to break me. Oh, you know, I love, um, that's another little thing I just thought of there. And it's just a little trope. And it's just a Jimmy trope, I think, or just a, a little thing that I find like appealing about movies. It's just, you start watching something like one of these oldies and you're you're kind of watching the ensemble, which has got bloody Dennis Hopper and others in it as well, you know. But, yeah. but bottom line is, you know, George Kennedy's there. First 20 minutes, because of course we know him as Dallas man, naked gun man or whatever, you know, he's there. <laughs> And yeah. his energy is really interesting and very eye-catching and you can't take your eye off him. And you're like, I really like this guy for whatever reason, mm. even though it's Paul Newman's movie, you know, I like right. this guy in the ensemble. Then, of course, the movie rewards you and he becomes his best mate in front and centre mm. and they have scrapes and moments together. <laughs> and, and that's just really lovely how he takes him under his wing and everything and gets that last scene with him and everything. And then you're Wikipedia it and he gets the bloody Oscar for it. And you're like, oh, oh I'm so happy with the world. It's so good. Oh. That's so good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that made me really happy. Um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is great. Oh, oh, lovely. And the final movie, Sheppy, Triple R, the Bollywood one that came out right. uh, last year. What an absolutely exhausting, spectacular, hilarious, funny, exhilarating, ridiculous <laughs> movie. It's <laughs> so much fun. I used to watch it. Uh, many people have told me, bloody watch it. It's really yes. fun. It's really fun. It gets you immediately and yeah it's a treat it it needs a, a, a bit of a pee break in the middle there's no two ways about it it's relentless <laughs> so you do right. need to kind of like be okay and then take a little the you know there's there is actually a really obvious moment probably which i felt watching it where it's like okay intermission what's a wonderful moment for an intermission but intermission here you know and then i went and walked yeah. walk around the plane and came back but yeah, it was it was wonderful <laughs> Really good, really fun. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, before we wrap the Christmas shenanigans, I've got to talk to you about two TV shows. One is just, have you done a Great British Bake Off? Given, you no. Know, no. It's no. really, really funny. And immediately, <laughs> like, Gene and I get to a hotel and I start watching an episode and I can't take my eyes off it until I know who's been eliminated, you know, just, just <laughs> fell into the reality TV trap. And uh, yeah. I've watched them like struggle with their, you know, various creations and whatnot. But what a bloody treat it is! Chef. I know it's loved, and it's been going for decades at this point. I mean, a long time. I mean, over ten years, certainly. And people bloody love it all over the world. And I have nothing against it. I've never watched it, um, and I don't generally watch, you know, even like sort of like panel shows and eight out of ten cats and anything. Um, I've I've never really sort of unless i've been in someone's house and they're watching it i've just never sought out that sort of thing and i know great british bake-off yeah it's people love and i bet it's great it's one of those isn't it like reality tv is tricky when you've got like so limited time so much to watch right you know it's like oh do i really want to do this now you know but quite good for checking the brain i'm gonna i'm gonna follow that i think for next season um, and the other one which g then watched on the plane and then I ended up because she'd watched it. I watched episode one of, and now we're up to episode three. And I wanted to, I would wager good money you have not watched this, Sheppy, and have no intention to watch this, but will probably be aware of it, which is This Is Us. Have you heard of that? Or uh... Yes. Yes, I have heard of Have I seen that? <laughs> what is it? It's a drama show that's been on, it's an American, you know, family TV show sort of thing, created by a dude called Dan Fogelman. 
It's got the character from Heroes in it, Milo Ventimiglia, that guy. Do you know that guy? Do you remember him? He was the one who was like the main character who's a bit annoying. I never actually saw Heroes. Holy moly, Sheppy. Season mm. one is worth your time. The rest, forget about it. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> he's really amazing because he does like constant blue steals. He's sort of a smoldering <laughs> character. Anyway, 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 this is us. It's amazing insofar as it's weirdly stayed with me and you know it's oh my god your mum would last three seconds without weeping uh, the whole thing it's it's going for that right and right. everybody has the perfect thing to say at the end of every argument or every get together scene <laughs> or every meet cute is ridiculously scripted but here's the catch a am still there <laughs> episode three like it knows it's a tv show and in three episodes, there's already been two amazing twists. <laughs> <laughs> so deal with that, and I'll keep you posted. Um, so, yeah, there we oh, go. That was fantastic. I had to share that, because that's only like 24 hours old, that experience. So that's, yes. that's quite nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's really lovely. Was there another? Oh, no, those are the two TV That's shows. it. That's yeah. me wrapped. I've got one season. TV show, actually, I want to mention then. And um, actually, so, so yeah, we, we'll, we'll get to the main point at some point. But I wanted to mention, um, are you, do you remember uh, Dead Set? I think it's from around 2007 or 8. It's Charlie Brooker. And it, it, it was sort of like he was sticking his toe in the waters. He had already made Nathan Barley with Chris Morris back in like 2001 or so. So he'd written fiction and he'd done stuff for Brass Eye as well. And obviously, you know, I mean, I got into Charlie Brooker through Screen Wipe and, and also not to sound like a total twat, but his column in The Guardian was wonderful. So anyway, good old Charlie Brooker. And this was again a few years before um, Black Mirror took him to you know, international stardom rightfully so dead set is a five-part um zombie apocalypse tale um basically elevator pitch zombie apocalypse in the big brother house um essentially. Ooh, wow so um and it's very dark Great pun on very... the title then dead set yes. oh, yeah, nice yes. nice nice yes. okay. it's, it's very good it's got some recognizable faces and um it's great and I saw it again. I didn't see it when it was first on. I was a few years getting to it. I saw it when I was living in Hackney, so maybe two or three years after it first came out. Um, in like 2010, I saw it. But because we recently, March and I, we recently finished the most recent batch of um, Black Mirror, um, ending with Demon 78, 79, which was wonderful. If you haven't seen it, no, wonderful. Seen it. Yeah. I really like this season very much. Anyway, um, because of that, it was like, let's, I'll see if, you know, Dead Set is Channel 4. So, yes, it was there. And um, so we watched it. Anyway, all of this is to say it's Big Brother and they, and it's made by Channel 4. So it's full access. It's, it is the Big Brother house and it is Davina McCool and it is past contestants um, from, you know, you know, people from Big Brother popping up in cameos. And it is getting you know them getting their throats ripped out and really <laughs> hardcore uh, as you would expect and hope from a, a zombie anything has to be fairly hot and and so spoiler Davina is horribly killed by um by zombies and she really goes for it which is amazing and <laughs> she then becomes a zombie and she is just there being a zombie and trying to get into the room where some of the survivors are hidden in, like behind the scenes on the Big Brother studio. <laughs> um, so that was amazing. And I kind of, you know, Marta obviously doesn't know who Davina McCool is. So I was just like, you know, there's a Polish show where there's a kind of a Gordon Ramsay type chef, but it's this big woman with massive blonde hair. And she's kind of like, you know, lots of bling. And she goes to restaurants and does a Gordon Ramsay and sorts it out. And but he's like very opinionated and very big personality. Um, and Bada kind of really likes her and I kind of loved her, like, oh God, you know, but big star on Polish TV. I'm like, it's like this. It's like imagine Davina McCall, especially around like you know, mid-2000s. You know, it's like they made a zombie film set in a restaurant, and it's this her playing herself, <laughs> and this is like so just to give her some context. So that is all to say, Christmas Day. So we watched that recently, very recently, and it was great. Christmas Day was the Doctor Who Christmas special with the new Doctor 
and um, it was great. Um, Pete Davis is back, baby. There's <laughs> song and dance numbers, a lot of gayness, uh, wonderful. Um, so anyway, spoiler again, Davina McCall pops up in this. 12 or 13 or even 15 years after Dead Set, pops up as herself and spoiler sort of kind of dies. A goblin pushes a massive Christmas tree on her and the star <laughs> goes straight towards her head. Uh, and she's like, ah. And again, it was like three days after we saw her get killed by zombies. And it's like, <laughs> what are the odds? So Marta is like, I love Davina. <laughs> That's <laughs> so really that nice. That's amazing. So I, I wanted to mention that as well. <laughs> Good old Davines. Yes. Oh, yes. nice. So, so bloody wonderful. So we're about an hour and 20 minutes in. <laughs> Shall we introduce the pod? Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>